Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings. And slither in place. Because this is Snakebird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the cast. Today we're discussing the topic of death. Or more specifically, looking at the death of believers through the lens of the Bible and how that should shape our view of this tough and tragic subject. Yes, that's right, guys. And you're going to have to bear with us because we live in West Texas <laughs> where the wind has struck both me and Josh with allergies. Yeah. So if we sound a little uh, country singer nasally, bear with us yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, if I sneeze, just say bless you to your headphones or whatever, and I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. So um, that is, that's right. The, the topic is death today. And um, it's kind of a sobering one, you know, the, the mixed emotions, the grief, confusion, all of those things that, that'll come upon you uh, when losing someone, especially someone close. It's a time where it's it's difficult to even think correctly, much less move on um, in, in the the very first moments of it. And sometimes the process of recovery from from losing someone can cripple you for, for years. Um, you just can't seem to get over the loss mm-hmm. at times. So it's going to be an episode where we're going to touch on some things that hopefully can bring you some comfort and motivation uh, as we realize not only how we can uh, move forward, but also how to understand the reality of where those loved ones that we've lost are now mm-hmm. and what God's Word has to, to offer us during you know some of these deepest times of need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you talk about death... You think about how it brings out uh, sometimes the best in the community, but also it brings out sometimes the weirdest in people. Uh, And I actually found um, a list of 10 of the best things that people say uh, to those who are hurting from grief, and then also the 10 worst things. And I thought I'd share those real quick as we kick this off. Um, So the 10 best things to say to someone is, uh, of course, um, I'm so sorry for your loss. And then uh, another one is, I don't have the right words. Please just know that I care. Um, Another one is, I don't know how you feel, but I'm here to help you in any way I can. You and your family are in my thoughts and prayers, which thoughts and prayers sounds kind of cliche these days, just because that's what gets posted after every single tragic event. That's true. But um, my favorite memory of your loved one is... And then go into sharing something that's going to make them um, just reminisce yeah, uh, and cherish that time. I'm always just a text or a call away. I think that's really life-giving. We all need help at times like this, and I'm here for you. I'm available 24-7 if you need anything. And then the last two aren't even things that you say. They're things that you do. And it's um, give a hug instead of just saying something. Yeah. And sometimes then, that's the best. Yeah. And then the last one, and this is probably my favorite because it reminds me so much of uh, Job's friends before they actually started talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's say nothing and instead uh, just be with the person. And I think that was so important even in the life of Job because after tragedy struck and all of his family, his sons and his daughters were killed and his possessions were taken his friends came together and they just cried and sat with him in silence for seven days. Yeah. They didn't say anything. They didn't offer platitudes. They didn't say any cliches or anecdotes. They just sat and mourned with him. Okay, so those are the best things. Here are some of the worst things, which 
sad to say I've actually heard some of these, (laughs) whether it's been on um, TV or in real life. So number one, at least they lived a long life. Many people die young. That's really what you want to hear. (laughs) Um, They're in a better place. They brought this on themselves. Oh, well. Uh, There's a reason for everything. Okay, flower child. Uh, Aren't you over them yet? They've been dead for a while now. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. Um, You can have another child still. Ooh. Yeah, please get out of my life if you ever say that to my family. Yeah. They were such a good person. God wanted them to be with him in heaven. Or uh, our other favorite, he needed another angel. Yeah. Uh, number eight, I know how you feel, which at that moment, you're not supposed to say that. They did what they came to do, and then it was their time to go. Yeah. Uh, be strong and snap out of it. Those are the worst things to say to someone who's experiencing a loved one um, who's passed and they're in the process of grieving. You never want to say any of those things. It'd be better to stay silent and just give them a hug versus uh, participate in that. Yeah, well, you know, and I think it's it's not like it's a magic formula or anything when someone dies, but people mean well a lot. It's just, it's such a delicate moment mm-hmm. when someone's lost somebody. And I, I can't help of a time that I, I tried to comfort someone and... Um, you know, actually, I, I had said something to someone else, and they were like, oh, that's beautiful. Say that to them. Oh, wow. And they brought me, and they just like threw me in front of them, and I was like, I don't really want to, you know. Oh, yeah. But then I, I, I said what I said to them, and it was awkward, and I just remember the look on their face of just utter, please leave me alone. Oh, no. And, I mean, that's when someone's just lost, you know, they had just lost their wife, oh. and uh, it, it was... I didn't want to say anything, but I was kind of forced to in the situation. And and I just remember that, and it, it's always stuck with me. And it, I, I just, now I try to go and just I'm, just be there, mm-hmm. maybe give them a hug or whatever. And um, obviously, if God's laid something on your heart to say something, just don't just go up and say something cliche, I think, is the main thing. Is it inappropriate for me to ask what you said? Uh, not inappropriate, but I just, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just one thing. It oh, okay. was. It was a. You know. And oh, I can't. I, I can't remember exactly yeah, what okay. it was, but it was a. It was, a, a couple of sentences that yeah. I can't remember. I just the main thing I remember is it was not the moment. Yeah, and and in moments like that, aren't you glad for forgiveness and grace? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are so fallible, and man, uh, what's what are the my dad used to say? How's that ankle tasting as you put your foot? <laughs> you exactly. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like they were a golfer. It's like they're now in the great fairway in the sky. <laughs> Golf in heaven, I don't think. You you hear that thunder? That's that's your grandpappy bowling. You know? yeah. What? And you know, I, I also don't know who all's listening right now. Um, you might be someone who who needs to hear this because you know somebody going through something, and mm-hmm. and you might be someone that just lost somebody. And so we, it, it's kind of a, a topic we we're snake birds and this is the podcast and and we we try to have a good time here but we also understand that you might be going through something really hard right now. We don't yeah. mean to make light of anything. Never. No. But there's um you know there's there seems to be a, a right and wrong way to go about things and, and that's kind of what this epi- 
episode is going to be about. And not only that, understanding uh, the reality of, of where our loved ones are and, and how to properly look at it through a biblical lens. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, when you think about it, death, he's portrayed a lot. Well, he. The which, Grim Reaper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the Bible does personify death as a he at times. Yeah, but it's exactly. portrayed by a Grim Reaper and... Uh, the reason that death came into the world was a result of Adam and Eve sinning in the garden. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the crazy thing is the moment, this is going to sound super philosophical, I know, uh, the moment that we were born, we're actually dying. Oh, you know, we're now on this um, unstoppable timeline headed towards the great beyond. And uh, we know through Hebrews that we're appointed to die once. Uh, it says in Hebrews 27, it's appointed to die uh, once, but after this, the judgment. And, and also death is a mercy. I, I know this sounds odd, but it's a mercy that God has actually bestowed on us so that we don't get stuck in our sinful body. Because right after Adam and Eve sinned, as God forced them to leave the Garden of Eden, he set up a guard to make sure that they didn't get back in and eat from the tree of life, thus forever sealing their fate uh, to be locked into this body of death, which is something that Paul said, you know, a wretched man that I am who shall save me from this body of death. And I in some ways, I think that he was referring to the flesh that that still wants to sin versus being freed in the spirit where sin is not going to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, and we, we often look at things from our perspective, which is in this body. And the truth of the matter is, I mean, this is this is just a season. Mm-hmm. This is a miss. This yeah. fades away. And, and obviously that's hard. That's hard to consolidate because we haven't seen the other side yet. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And James says we're we're grass, and then the psalm says that we're moving shadows. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah, a just, lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of examples of how this is not it. Yeah, a vapor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and it really um, that for me is kind of where I came from uh, in my study corner to prepare for this this podcast because. A friend of ours uh, and of the podcast and a fellow believer that I'd known for quite a few years um, passed somewhat unexpectedly within the last few months, and it made me want to talk about this. The shock and sting of grief was pretty immediately overwhelming, and with it came the realization that this man, who we called friend, was gone. Mm -hmm. This also happened on a much uh, greater scale when in 2011, I received a phone call telling me that my father had died suddenly from a heart attack as a result of an infection. And that's a call I'll never forget. And it's one that I have to be careful because I don't want to relive it because it's just so gut-wrenching. But that day ripped a hole in my heart. And in a lot of ways, it, it hasn't ever healed. You know, it's been 10 years now and it still hurts. And, um, I realized that through both of these instances and so many more that I've experienced in my life walking with other believers in these finite perishing tents we call our bodies, one thing that has tethered my soul, faith, and resolve in not losing heart is hope. Hope that doesn't disappoint. Hope that isn't misdirected. A hope that anchors the soul even in the darkest of circumstances. Hope that because of Jesus, Death is not the end of the road, but a bend in the road. 
And I think for me, that hope is best exemplified in the story of Lazarus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a really good story to go to, mm-hmm. especially in this topic. Yeah, so if you're okay with that, I thought we'd kind of just walk through it a little bit. We don't have to read it verbatim, but I thought yeah. just telling the story might be a good idea and a good refresher for some. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Okay. Yeah, one of the one of the scenes that's always stuck out to me um, in Scripture is the story of Lazarus. And it's found in John 11 where Martha had just, she lost her brother who was very sick, and we see that she was completely devastated. And the thing that's really stuck out to me was, um, you know, that Martha knew Jesus had the power to heal her brother before he passed. And she knew that Jesus had made the choice to let her brother die. And the scene we see next is you can almost hear the frustration and confusion of Martha's voice when she sees Jesus after her brother's past, and she asks him, why weren't you here? If you were here, if you mm-hmm. had made the choice to be here, he'd still be alive. And, and Jesus said to her, your, you know, your brother will rise from the dead. And she, she said back, I know he's going to rise in the resurrection on the last day. And, and if you think about that, it's kind of like the things that we, that we were discussing earlier, the things that might be the right or wrong thing to say. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I know, I've been to church. I've, I've heard of the resurrection. <laughs> yeah. I know he's going to la- rise in the last day, but that doesn't help me right now. Like, you could have healed him, but you didn't. Yeah, it's to me, it's always struck me that he's telling her something very personal and she's like, I don't want to have a doctrinal discussion with you right now. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's, and like I said, you can almost hear cut, you know, the tension with the knife, the, the confusion and frustration in her. But the problem for her was that the knowledge of that truth still didn't quench the grief of the current loss. And that's why this is such a difficult topic. It's why we named it the bittersweet passing of a believer is because anyone who's ever lost a loved one knows that it doesn't matter how many people try to comfort you with a Bible verse mm-hmm. or theology or doctrine. Uh, the grief from such a fresh loss like that is something that can't be easily recovered from. And of course, we know we know the rest of the story in Lazarus's case where Jesus made that awesome statement that Lazarus wasn't just going to rise on the last day. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He's mm-hmm. like, you don't understand the, the resurrection isn't coming. I'm standing in front of mm-hmm. you. And then he rose from the dead. And that's obviously just a fantastic moment. Yeah. But um, that's that's just one that's really, that story's really stuck out to me when it comes to this. Because it has a little bit of everything we're talking about right now. As far as the right things to say, the wrong things to say. The fact that God could have prevented it, but he didn't. He chose not to. Mm-hmm. All of that is is hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Especially when you've lost somebody. Yeah. And I think one of the really big things that jumps out to me from this story is the humanity that Jesus shows. Where he really feels the, the human condition and it shows that he's like, he's sad about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a verse that says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her were weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Yeah. And then it says that again, that he had that same groaning. And it's just that it's, uh, I looked it up in the Greek and it's a word that I would butcher if I tried to say it, but it just meant distress. It meant that um, there was like an inner agony And this is the place in scripture where so many people have memorized the shortest verse in the Bible. Oh, yeah. But it's Jesus wept. 
And a lot of times I, I remember kind of being raised in a Christian church and Christian family and all that. Like there were so many people that were like, I have a Bible verse memorized. Jesus wept, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, you could, you could memorize that, but do you actually understand the implications of it and what this meant? Because here is the savior of the world who just said, I am the resurrection and the life. And yet, because he knows what it means for our humanity, he's sad. He's crying for his friend Lazarus. And I, I think that this wasn't just for, for Mary and Martha and those that were witnessing it. I think he knew that this was going to get chronicled in the word and it was going to be able to reach out and to minister to those who are dealing with grief going, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be sad because you miss that person. And it's, it is a result of sin. It is, um, it is the aftermath of the garden of Eden and yet here is the savior of the universe going, I can fix it and I'm going to, but there still is that sting of death. And it shows, I think also, I love the fact that it shows Jesus love for, mm-hmm. for not just us, but our feelings, our yeah. emotions. Uh, it, that reminds me very much of the scene when he's nearing Jerusalem and he's, he looks towards it and he, he starts to cry because mm-hmm. he says, if only you had known, yeah. I would have gathered you like a, and, and it's just, it's that, it's that hurt for, mm-hmm. for others. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know those are two different situations, but it, Jesus, he truly did. He, he cared not just for us, for our souls, but for our emotions, us deeply, the innermost being of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like the burning flax where he was like, if you were a candle, I wouldn't just come in like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I would have, I would have uh, kindled you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a lot of heart that, not everyone sees or takes the time to see in Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, just towards the end of that story, I, I, Jesus has gone back to God now. We don't we don't see much anymore of people being raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And I, you know that's got, got to go in, in many Christians' minds that if you do have that, that faith that you're supposed to have in God, that, that true childlike faith, um, it, you know, it crosses your mind, you know, God could do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to say, you know, God does still do amazing miracles. Um, and, and we do live in a different era now. But I, I want to say that if God doesn't, you know, work in that way, bringing someone back, because we've heard stories and, and all of that, it's, it's not because you didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. It's not because it was some sort of punishment uh, is simply the era we live in now. And we're so much closer to that last day that Jesus spoke of. Um, and, and God is moving in a current way that sometimes is painful. Yes. And are there things that God can do in the current day? Absolutely. Could he Could He miraculously um, disappear a cancer in somebody's body and all mm-hmm. of that? Of course he can. Yeah. But um, just know that, that it's not a lack of faith. It's not because you're being punished. It's none of that. It is, it is something that is taking a natural process and remember this, this isn't the eternity. Mm -hmm. This is the, this is the shell and the eternity is to come. And we're going to get into some of that in the episode. Yeah. And I, but I also think of guys like Eutychus who was uh, asleep uh, in the windowsill when Paul was preaching and then Paul was able to resurrect him or more specifically who we just talked about Lazarus guess what? They're not living in Israel anymore. (laughs) They're still gone. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so 
I, I feel like even if we had the ability to resurrect people, which I don't doubt necessarily that that's a gift that the Lord could bestow on somebody for the very specific instance, that person is still going to die. And again, as tragic as that is, and as, as much as we grieve for those that pass, it still to me feels like a mercy because you don't want to be living here forever based on the constraints of our physicality. You want to be able to go in and receive um, the new body 2.0, you know, pass on from this temporary body to uh, I think what second Corinthians calls uh, a more permanent residence. Yeah. And, and as cliche as, as we said, you know, they're in a better place is it is Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. There is truth to it and there is some comfort to be found in it. Yeah. So there are two things that I wanted to address um, with understanding our healing process as a Christian um, on that note. And the first would be who God is for us during our times of pain and grief. Mm. Uh, The second would be what the Bible says about our lost loved ones, what they're doing after they've left us here on this plane and the confidence we can have in that certainty. So um, the, the first one, the comfort of God in our pain Uh, The first recorded sermon that Jesus spoke as he entered the public stage, his earthly ministry, is known as the Sermon on the Mount. And most will be familiar with the content in that that first teaching. It it lasted quite a while. Um, But something that is really comforting about the start of that teaching is who it's addressed to. Mm. At the beginning of of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus makes a, a point that his focus is toward people who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is there for those who have lost much, those who are grieving for various reasons. And that has been my experience with the heart of God, that he comes to us when we are at the bottom of the barrel and he offers us comfort. It's very hard to put into words the comfort that he offers. Mm -hmm. And no doubt in our lowest moments, we can can have um, indescribable pain. But there is something uh, unspoken in that feeling of God's powerful presence that gives us a peace that can't be put into words. And it's that that peace that surpasses all understanding that we see in Philippians 4-7 that can somehow be felt in those moments. And so I, I do understand that we're discussing this as a topic, but the truth is we couldn't possibly describe how to obtain this peace in the midst of deep pain. We can only encourage you to be still and rest in the presence of God, and He'll meet you where you're at. Um, God cares for you deeply, and you might be in a weird place. You might be in a, in a place of, of confusion, of uncertainty about the person you lost, mm-hmm. or maybe for yourself going forward after that loss, whatever it may be. And God will meet you where you're at. And I, I just wanted to share a few of my favorite scriptures regarding God's comfort in these moments of anguish. Mm. Uh, Psalm thirty-four, eighteen: The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And then this next verse is is an awesome one that both the present and the sleeping can take comfort in. Mm -hmm. And that's Romans 8.18. 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And that really commands the focus of how we can have comfort in the first place, whether it's the pain of losing someone mm-hmm. or the pain of our own struggle. Uh, and that's the hope that we all wait for at the end of the race. The reality of what happens when we vacate this shell here on earth is the very reason Je- Jesus claimed before Pilate when he asked if he were king. And Jesus makes a statement, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Mm-hmm. But now my kingdom is from another place. It's Jesus who is our king, and that kingdom is not a fairy tale. That kingdom is where our loved ones who have fallen asleep now reside. And that is one of the most comforting things to consider when navigating your emotions of losing someone Mm -hmm. is the fact that this is not our place. This is not our world. Our kingdom is is there. And if you've lost someone and they were a believer, they are there. Yes. And so that is super comforting. Yeah, we're we're pilgrims and sojourners on our way home. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you mentioned a verse from Romans 8. I was thinking of the last couple of verses from that chapter where it says uh, that we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then Paul, as the author says, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, and then all these lists, and it says, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I mean, to think about the, the veil of death, even that not being able to to pierce that connection to God the Father. Yeah. And uh, I find that very comforting. I think of death, where is your sting? Mm -hmm. And that's, man, I didn't even include that one in my notes. I just thought of that. I was like, I I, I have it right here. (laughs) By golly, read it. (laughs) Well, it just says in 1 Corinthians 15, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's something that I mentioned earlier about the shock and sting of that that death of a friend or of my father you know it it is a sting and but i like that it's not like that open gaping wound (laughs) that will never heal even though that's one of the ways that i described the emotional toll on me but a sting it burns it hurts you know and sometimes it can lead to infection sometimes it can lead to you know forgetting all medical which i don't want to do because i'm definitely not (laughs) a physician of any sort (laughs) but I think the way that I see a sting is that it's temporary, whereas hope is eternal. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's really the direction I go next to is the fact that we can have a confidence in that. Mm-hmm. that because a lot of times, like we, we talked about at the beginning, there is a lot of cliche-y feel to, mm-hmm. to statements said about they're in a better place. Oh, you know, this and that. And it, and it can feel very fairy tale like very, yeah. very, it, it, almost like we're praying for you. Yes. And you never pray for them. It's just something you say, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I really thought it'd be cool to, to kind of go into some scriptures that are very blunt in the fact that, no, you don't get it. You can actually rest in this. Yes. So the are you ready to go that yeah, route, John? Let's go that route. Um, 1 Thessalonians four thirteen and 14, Paul says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do and have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. 
which this verse is just awesome because mm-hmm. it's speaking of a confidence we can stand on, knowing that our destination is not some fantasy coping mechanism. Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the reality of eternal life. And so that's a fantastic verse yes. to stand on. Yeah. And I love how blunt he is. He's like, guys, you don't get it. I mean, or maybe they did. You know, he's yeah. just like, don't be ignorant. This is real. Yeah. And it feels like somebody was coming into the Thessalonian church, giving them some really bad doctrine that was counter to this. And so him coming back and saying, hey, I want to give you some hope here, which, yeah. you know, it's that living hope that we keep talking about. Because um, I know you probably have more verses. I just, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So let us fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like that totally um, mirrors that other verse of saying, I don't want you to be ignorant yeah. and and be sad like those who have no hope because we have hope. Yeah. And that's the that's a cool point that I, that he makes in there that I just love. It's it's that hope that we have that that's that's what does it. Mm-hmm. And, and we've mentioned it before. Um, the hope in the Bible is not the same as English hope. No. You know, it's it's a. You know, now we say, I hope this happens. That's not the type of hope that's talking about. It's a, it's a, an anticipatory mm-hmm. statement of something that is certain. Yes, it has substance to it. It's, it's not just a wish. Yeah. And so another great verse that I, I saw that it's about what we know comes after death is found in uh, Revelation 21.4. And it says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Mm. And I, I love this verse because it, it flips the perspective of who has suffered the greatest loss. Mm-hmm. Um, we mourn for those who are not with us, but after considering their state after death, there's actually more joy to be had in that reality. Obviously, this realization can take time for us, mm-hmm. but for them, that's a whole other plane of joy. And it, that's precisely why we would call this episode bittersweet, because... For us, it can be very bitter at first, but for them, it is sweet yes. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. They they go and the cares and, and the concerns of this world are no longer on their shoulders. Yeah. And the constraints of this world, you know, I think about growing old and you get up and your knees hurt and your shoulders hurt yep. and, <laughs> you know, you have allergies on days like today. Like today. Yeah. And... From what we read in the Bible, those aren't going to be issues after we've passed. Yeah. You won't be hearing nasally podcasts in heaven. <laughs> like my, my laugh wheeze right now. That, that reminds me of the Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> oh, we're probably grossing I'm some people so out. I'm so sorry. I might some of this. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Okay, so I would say this is a good point to state that uh, just like saying too much to someone who's just lost someone, we could babble on too long to where there's not much more substance in this topic. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I know that this is this is a topic that's difficult. It really it, it was difficult for me um, d- just in my study corner. Mm-hmm. We know that it's difficult if you've lost someone, but I, I have some some final things to say just here at the end, and I know Josh does too. So. 
I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up and please reach out guys um, to after this if there's if there's something you need prayer for if there's someone you've lost please reach out to us please this isn't the ending yet but some people might skip the ending so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know if you have found this episode and you're grieving or you know someone who is maybe this is the perfect opportunity for you to share and it's not about the snakebird podcast but it's about reaching out um, with hope yeah absolutely. So um, I guess I'll, I'll start us off, okay. Josh, um, exiting this topic. Um, the last thing I would say is for those who are mourning right now, uh, maybe you have lost someone or, or something similar has happened that has caused you a world of pain. Keep in mind the words of Jesus as he explained to his disciples that, that they would feel abandoned for a while, but it would not last. Uh, in John sixteen twenty two, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that joy from you. Hmm. And I believe those words are just as true for us today as we long, you know, for the pain, the tears, the feelings of hopelessness at times to fade away. Uh, Sometimes it might feel easier to just check out. But Jesus continued in verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the Hmm. world. And the awesome, awesome piece that comes with that statement is is that whatever believer has passed on, they too have now overcome the world mm-hmm. through the resurrection power of Jesus. And they're waiting for you on the other side. You'll meet again. And so I just, I want to say that for anybody that has lost somebody, you can stand on that. That's the words of God. That's Jesus. And with Jesus comes that resurrection power that we can stand on. Yeah. There's just so much hope in that. And <laughs> I find myself going, okay, I've heard this uh, Jeremy Camp song over and over. <laughs> the same power that rose Jesus. Yes. You know, and yes. it's just like lives in us. And sometimes I'm like, okay, Lord, please don't ever let me get a scripture, like bitter of a scripture because it's repeated in a song so much. Yeah. But that verse has been ingrained in my heart because of that song. And and that's so awesome that the hope of the resurrection lives in us because of who Jesus is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just powerful stuff. Uh, isn't it so neat that it's like God goes, whatever you're going through, I'm with you. Yes. You know, you read that scripture from Isaiah earlier, and I couldn't help but think of the the one that's close to it that says, when you walk uh, through the, when the waters overflow you, I'm with you. When you yeah. walk through the fire, I will be there. And um, <clears throat> to close, I I have a verse that I've just meditated on several, I guess, years now. Uh, it's in Psalm 116, verse 15. Uh, it says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And when I first read that, the first time I ever read that, I went, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? You know, and, and I kind of was a little bit bitter about it because it just didn't make sense to me. And then I started to consider who the author of the psalm might be, because um, some scholars say that it was Hezekiah. Others argue that it's David, but I I like the, the theory that it's Hezekiah just based on what we know about his life. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who Isaiah came and, and said, hey, get your household in order, you're going to die. And he freaked out, and he was like, I don't want to die. And so God ended up giving him 15 more years. But we also learned that in that 15 years, he had a son named Manasseh who became one of the worst kings Israel had ever seen. 
and I just, I don't know, maybe upon reflection after that, he realized that his time to go home was, was the time that God actually said. And, and from that time, I've always thought there is a point where Jesus says, you've run your race. Now you're going to graduate into glorification, come home. Mm. And uh, this is what uh, Charles Spurgeon said about that verse. He said, the deathbeds of saints are very precious to the church. She often learns much from them. They are very precious to all believers who delight to treasure up the last words of the departed, but they are most of all precious to the Lord Jehovah himself, who views the triumphant deaths of his gracious ones with sacred delight. If we have walked before him in the land of the living, we need not fear to die before him when the hour of our departure is at hand. Wow. And I just can't help but think of... um, the the imagery that we have that the Bible gives us of those that are um, winning a race, entering into a, a stadium full of cheering people, um, as Romans twelve says, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and I can't help but some of those people that have been thinking about us, whether it's our loved ones that have passed on, or or maybe even some of the fathers of the faith that are looking at our lives, going, "Come on, you can do it." The moment that we take our last breath and step into eternity, that maybe they're the first ones going, "You did it! You ran hard!" Yeah. You know, uh, Dokimas, you you yeah. were proven. And, and all of a sudden you're here. Tested and proved. Yes. And uh, it just gives me so much hope because I, I think of my dad, you know, that happened with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day that will happen with us. And we just don't want to lose heart. Yeah. Because this life is too short to to focus on anything less than, than the author of our faith. Mm-hmm. And so... Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because it means that they finish strong and that they're home. Yeah. That really does bring a whole new perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It does. It, it is a precious thing because it's a it's a perfected thing. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the only time we'll ever be perfect, yeah. even if our wives think that they are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we should end it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, guys, I'm, I, just, I'm just playing, baby. <laughs> I love that, too. <laughs> He's like, I made a mistake. That's funny. We hope y'all enjoyed this. Uh, and maybe that's even the wrong way to put it, because it's a hard topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, death is a hard topic. And uh, please reach out to us, um, whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe we, we miss some things that you'd like some some clarification on. Uh, maybe you'd just like to reach out and, and we would love to pray for mm-hmm. you and something you're going through. Uh, please reach out to us. You can you can connect with us at um, connect at com. Yes. And um, you can also uh, comment on, on Facebook, our Facebook page. And so, yeah, we, we encourage that. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And if you do know someone who's going through that grief process, please share this with them. Again, it's not about promoting us or our podcast. It's about sharing the hope of Jesus. And 
Um, if you're saying, well, what does happen when you die? I'm glad that you asked because we already did a podcast on that. Yeah. And you can go and reference back to that. It's one of our previous episodes. You can find those uh, easily because of the title. And just please uh, stick with us. If you are enjoying the podcast, please um, give us a rating if you can, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps uh, further the mission and it uh, helps us reach more people. I know that sounds very commercial, but um, what we want to do is we want to be able to to minister to those. and, And we can't do that unless we're reaching people. Yeah, very true. And guys, topic ideas. If there's something that you want to hear us speak into or talk about or learn with you about... Uh, we've got we've got you know sections called Weird in the Word where we discuss strange things mm-hmm. in the Bible that people don't often talk about and there's a lot of stuff that, that we would love for you to reach out to us for um, topic wise all all sorts of things so please do reach out hit us up that would be awesome yes yeah all right snake birds always remember whatever you do wherever you go no matter what life throws at you there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus and be, be a, a snake bird. Today we're discussing the topic of taking allergy medicine and your head hurting. <laughs> uh, to those who are hurting from grief, from grief, grief is the word. Is the te- okay? It's like, am I saying something completely heretical here? No, not at all. Am I a heretic? <laughs> <laughs> am I all bird and no snake? <laughs> statement of something that is certain yes it's it substantive (laughs) (laughs) what's his name now golly i think apollos wrote it (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome